Okay, we are doing Kuflam. Hey, we're starting from right at the bottom of Kuflam Adal and Mabez. We mentioned the mission on Tzafik Ba'an is people have a questionable whether or not they need a bris milah. They're not really sure if they're, if they're males or not. So we don't, we're not Machal Shabbos to do the bris milah. And we learned Rabbi Huda says in the case of Androgenes, he did. So now we learn about this. Tanar Abanar, our lost so. It says on the eighth day, Imo Basar, our lost so. So our lost so, his our law, implies that not everyone's Arla. Arla, so Arla, so Vada, Dochaz, Shabbos. Only an Arla that's a Vada, a certain Arla, a certain mitzvah, where it's positive that you're doing the mitzvah, then it has the right to override the Shabbos. For low Safed, Dochaz, Shabbos. But if it's only a questionable mitzvah, it does not override the Shabbos. And that excludes like some of the kids we're looking at. Also, Vada, Dochaz, Shabbos, all Androgynous, Dochaz, Shabbos. A Vada, but not an Androgynous. If you don't marry, no, Androgynous, Dochaz, Shabbos. If there's uh, someone who, is fly, who displays both signs of being a male or a female. Um, so according to Rabbi Yudah, it's the Hoshavah for Anish Karis. And if you don't do it, actually Anish Karis. According to Rabbi Yudah, it certainly has, a, there's certainly a foreskin. So if there's certainly a foreskin, then there's a certain mitzvah. Continues the Barasa. Barasa, our loss of Vada is Only if it's an Arla, it's Vada is Docha Shavas. We'll know that Ben Hashmash is Docha Shavas. Let's say someone's baby is born Ben Hashmash, it can't be Docha Shavas. So Ben Hashmash, you don't know if it's really what day it's born. It may be still, still day, and maybe still night. So, Let's just give an example. We have a baby was born on um, Friday, going into Shabbos and Ben Hashmasha. So the following Shabbos, it might be the eighth day, it might be the ninth day. If it's the ninth day, you can't do the bris on Shabbos. So then the halacha is that you don't do the the, the, the bris and you first do it on Sunday, which is a suffix, um, if it's the ninth or the tenth day. Okay, continues the Gemara. Our loss of Vada, Dochus Shabbos, for Lunolak Shumod, Dochus Shabbos. Only in our that's Vada is Dochus Shabbos. But a regular case, interesting case, someone already born, circumstances without a foreskin, it does not override the Shabbos. What is this idea of somebody born without a foreskin? So now the Gemara lavish. Rishame says, even though you don't need a regular bris, there's no foreskin, but you still have to make a little bit of a cut in order for some blood to flow out for the kid to enter into the covenants. How tough is that bris? It's an interesting idea. We'll see this is based on the, the concept that we're scared there's some suppressed foreskin behind it. So you're supposed to cut a little bit and let out some of the blood, but even so, they agree, which Hamai agrees, that um, it's not Dochot Shabbos. We still it says, no, it's not necessary to do anything Whatsoever, you don't even need how toughest damper is. A child who's born circumcised, you do not need anything at all. So it sounds like the version we have, everyone agrees it's not Machal Shabbos, but the question is whether the kid who's born to Mal needs to have anything. The Gemara elaborates, Omar Shem Lazar, no, Lenachu Kabisham Yisrael, no, Shem Mal. She's talking about Bris. You got it wrong. Everybody agrees if a kid is born circumcised, you need how toughest damper is. When there's Sharla Kuji, we're suspicious that maybe there's some suppressed foreskin that's here, and therefore you need to make a little bit of cut. So in other words, we're scared that there either is an Arlo that's stuck into the busser and isn't visible, and therefore you have to cut a little bit um, to do Atafas Dambris. So everybody agrees to the concept that no Shemal, a child born circumcised, needs Atafas Dambris. With what is the Let's say you have a Ger who's converting to Judaism, and it happens to be he already underwent circumcision when he was a Ger. Let's say you have like an Arab who's converting to be a Jew. There, Bisham is Arlan and Dambris. Bisham is Dambris. It's a new idea. Are you not scared for a suppressed foreskin? This guy had. This guy already had a regular foreskin that was cut off. But uh, it's just a new idea that Bishamah holds. You have how he's supposed to convert without doing something. I right? normally that convert over Smila is part of the process. So Bishamah says, you need our Thomas Nambris. He also says, you know, you don't need to. So everybody agrees, though, the Gemara is saying that a baby born without the foreskin, you need our Thomas Nambris because we're Khoshish for Allah Kvusha. And that, that's the opinion from the Lazarus. The first of Tana, it looks like the, the first Tana of the Bryce held. They know Bishamah. 
that a baby born circumcised does not need anything whatsoever. Okay, continues the Gemara. Then we added that a suffix is not Dochel Shabbos. So, what are you coming to include? We already, the Brysel listed specifically all the cases of doubt. Androgynes, no Lebein Ashmashos, no Ladam, no Chumal. All those Brysels were stated explicitly in the Brysel. So, what's it coming to add below suffix? What's the case of suffix? The Gemara says, Asuka, the Zanarabana, is coming to include what was taught in the Brysel. Benchik, Machal Shabbos. For a child that's born in the seventh month of the pregnancy, it's considered a viable child, the kid could live. to do the But if the kid is born in the eighth month, we do not violate Shabbos. The reason being, an eight month old cannot live, baby cannot live. There's no shot it's going to live. So no shot it's going to live. There's no mitzvah, it's treated as dead. There's no mitzvah to give him a circumcision whatsoever. So then obviously, you're not going to do the malacha of doing it on Shabbos because you're not being the mitzvah. What happens? Let's say it's a safe. You don't know if it was born in the seventh month or the eighth month. So either if it's born in the seventh month, you have a real mitzvah to do it. If it's born in the eighth month, you don't. So what's the din? Since it's a safe, you don't machal shabbos, and that's what it is. That's what the bride was referring to. Ben Shmona Reuka Evan, an eighth, a child born in the eighth month is treated like a like a stone, meaning he's like mamish muksalas of tazos, permitted to move him as like a corpse. The mother can bend down without moving the kid and nurse him because of the danger for if she has too much milk that she's carrying is very painful so then she can get rid of it by bending down and not moving him but the child will nurse from him so that last case is what we're coming to include the case of suffolk is a scenario where you have a child that's a suffolk if it's a seventh month old or an eighth month old that's the scenario of suffolk that we um we do in fact that way we do not allow the birth to take place on travels okay so now we go back to what we learned before uh, about Nolak Shumo, right? We had two opinions here about Nolak Shumo back in the Brisa. Uh, originally, the first time I was saying Nolak Shumo, it's a machlokas if you need a Tavastan Bris in general. And Rashim Rolazar was saying everybody agrees you need a Tavastan Bris. The whole dispute is only about a Gersh in his guy if he needs a Tavastan Bris. So now the Gemara says, Itmar was said, Rav Amalach Tanakama. Rav says, Allah is like the Tanakama. The Tanakama's understanding of the machlokas. According to the Tanakama, the machlokas is whether a child born circumcised needs a Tavastan Bris at all. So if you go like that version, then Basil is saying you don't need. And then it would turn out that the halacha is a child born with a bris milah does or with no foreskin does not need um, anything anything whatsoever. Uh, you just go 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 regular. Shmuel says halacha is like Rishon interpretation that everybody agrees that that um, you need a tafas down bris for a child born shmuel. The whole machlok is according to Rishon Lazar is only regarding uh, a ger who converts and he already had a bris milah done. So again, so then practically the nafkamina would be. A kid who's born, you know, circumcised without a fourth kid. So according to Rab, he doesn't need a atavas dam bris. According to Shmuel, you do. Says the Gemara, there was a story of Rab Adar Rab. He said the new There was a kid who was born without a fourth kid that was brought to Rab Adar Rab. On the eighth day after the birth, it happened to be it was a Shabbos. Rab Adar goes to thirteen different molim in the city to try to get someone to do atavas dam bris on Shabbos. Adar Shabbos goes shivcha. Eventually, he couldn't find them. See, he himself did it. And he messed up the kid. He made him mutilated him because he wasn't a real good mole. So Amar Rabbah said, tastily, it, it's, it's, it's good that it happened to me, meaning like I deserve it. The other the Rav, I, I was over on what Rav said because according to Rav, that the Lach is like the Tanakama, so then then that according to that version, like they still, you don't need to do anything. So I transgressed that. I Really, the Lach is like Rav, so therefore I, he didn't need it. He didn't need it. So because I was over on that and I did it, that's why I was punished and the child got hurt. You, you transgress Shmuel as well because even Shmuel that says that we pass on Shmuel laws where everybody agrees a child that's born no, no, with without a foreskin needs that's only during the week that you would do it. Would you do it on Shabbos? 
Now, what's the reason the Gemara is saying you shouldn't do it on Shabbos? Because what's the idea of a Tavas Dambris? Because you're, you're concerned that for some sort of suppressed foreskin that, that was stuck into the skin, that was stuck into the flesh. Even if you're scared for that, it's only a concern. It's not a certainty. So if it's not a certainty, you don't have a for sure mitzvah. You just have a suffix that perhaps you're cutting off some shame Arla when you do a Tavas Dambris. So possibility doesn't have the right to be Docha Shabbos. So even if we go... Like that we go like Shemuel Lazar, that we pass one like him, like Shemuel is saying that a uh, child that's born circumcised, you do that toughest down bris, you would do not do that at toughest down bris on Shabbos. So it comes out, that he wasn't doing like anybody. The Gemara explains, no, who saw Ravada Arakoshi, Ravada Ritz of the Father, according to Shemuel Lazar, it's not that it's a suspicion for a suppressed foreskin, it's actually certainly like that. There's no such thing as not having a foreskin. If it's not visible, it's obviously suppressed. So therefore, it is a, it's a definite chiv, it's a certain chiv. So if you hold the Yenayat Tafas Nambris, it would override Shabbos. Just the question is, be passing like Robert, passing like Shmuel. But on the side, be passing like Shmuel, then it's certain that you need a Tafas Nambris. What is this question? According to Rabbah, the whole idea of Shemuel Lazar is that we're concerned for a suppressed foreskin. That's why we're saying everybody because you have to do it out of doubt. Rav Yosef Omar According to Rav Yosef, it's a certain Arla Kusha, and according to Shemuel Lazar, it's a certain mitzvah that you have to do at Tafas Nambris. So Rav Yosef rules it's a certain thing. Rav Yosef Menominila, how do I know? At the time you look at another b'risa. Here's another b'risa. Rav Lazar Akfar. Rav Lazar Akfar is responding to a Tanakama. So we're not quoting the Tanakama. He's responding to him. And he's going to state an opinion. We're going to try to figure out what the Tanakama held. Says Rav Lazar Akfar. Don't disagree about a kid born circumcised. And he needs that Tafas Dambriz. What do they argue about? The Chalavs of Shabbos. They argue if you can be Machal Shabbos to do a Tafas Dambriz. Bishami or Machal. And Bishami says yes. Bishol or Machal. Bishol says, yes. says no. So that's what this Lazar Akfar is saying. That everybody agrees that, that, that you need a Tafas Dambriz for, for a kid born without a foreskin. The question is Machal Shabbos. So who's responding to a Tanakama? So Lav, can we infer Mikhail Tanakama or Mikhail and Shabbos? That he's responding to the Tanakama that held that according to everybody, both Beishama and even Beiselo, you would be Mikhail Shabbos. Allah's like fire saying, no, you got the Machlokas wrong. According to Beiselo, you're not Mikhail Shabbos. So it sounds like according to the Tanakama, that everybody holds your Mikhail Shabbos for a toughest down bris. It must be that it's a certain mitzvah. It's not what we suspect. We're suspicious for a suppressed foreskin, but we're actually convinced of it, and therefore it's a certain mitzvah. So the Gemara says, no, maybe it's Mamsh the opposite. The Tanakhama was saying everybody agrees that it's only a doubt. And everybody agrees, even though there's a mitzvah during the week, but you do not do it on Shabbos. So since it's only out of doubt, you don't do it on Shabbos. And on that, Rishon Allah was saying, no, you should know it's really a machlok. As Beishamai holds, that it's a vada, and according to Beishamai, do it on Shabbos, and just according to Beishamai, not. So the Gemara says, even Cain, were that to be the case, then what the novelty? He's coming to tell me what Bishamai holds. You don't care what Bishamai holds. So meaning if everybody agrees, if Tanakama was saying everybody agrees that on Shabbos, everybody agrees that on Shabbos, that Tanakama held that everybody agrees on Shabbos, you do not cut it. So what's Rabbi Lazar Akfar coming to add then? Oh, you should know that according to Bishamai, actually you could cut it on Shabbos. So it turns out Rabbi Lazar Akfar is coming to teach us an insight in Bishamai. That sounds like a very strange thing. It must be, it goes the other way. That according to the Tanakhama, everybody held, you could do it on Shabbos. Comes along with Lazar Akfar and he says, no, you got it wrong. According to Basilo, you cannot do it on Shabbos. And then it's a novelty in Basilo. says, the Gemara, no, the Gemara, Rabbi Akfar is coming to say it like this. Bishamai will never disagree on the matter. I was really... Um, maybe, maybe really everybody also is doing it on Shabbos. Maybe, maybe everybody really holds his, that it's also doing Shabbos because it's out of doubt. But the Machlokas was 
whether or not you do it on the week. Ben Basil was saying you don't do it even during the week. And on that, Rabbi Lazar is saying, no, the Bishan is saying that it's good about what you're going to do during the week. And even Rabbi Basil would agree that you would cut it during the week. So, bottom line is, we defend both Sadim. So, there's a bunch of different possibilities here. There's a possibility, like we mentioned in the previous Brysa, that a baby that's born and circumcised it does not need anything. We're not, we don't even suspect even the toughest dambris. That it was that seemed to be Rav's opinion. Then there was Shinti Shmuel's opinion that, and what would the Gemara say working with here in this price as well, that no, there definitely is a concern for Tavas Dambris. And uh, during the week you definitely would would do it. The question is whether or not you would do it on Shabbos, that ends up with not such a clear Machlokas, whether or not it's like we, we, we know for certain that there's there's a suppressed foreskin and that you need to do at toughest number. So and then any extreme is true. You for sure do need, you for sure don't need, or out of doubt you need. Okay. Continues the Gemara, a brand new discussion. Right? The Pasuk says in Parshas Hasriah, um that you give a baby a bris at eight days old. Right? That's a Pasuk that's specific here um, in Parshas Hasriah. What does it say right next to that? All Allah is of childbirth. So Allah is that after a woman gives birth, a natural birth, then she's tummy for seven days and then she has a grace period of, of Yumea Tahar. So Rabbi Asi says that since these two laws are taught together, Koshi Mutmeyaleda, if it's a type of birth, that the mother becomes has the tumma of childbirth, Nimo Lishmona. That type of baby has an eight-day-old birth. But if it's a type of situation with birth that the mother is not getting the tumma of childbirth in Nimo Lishmona, then there's not the baby's not circumcised in the first on the eighth day, but on the first day. What would be an example? Like a C-section. A C-section has no tumma of Leda. Only natural births have the tumma of Leda. Or if let's say the, the mother um, gave birth when she was a guy, then she converted. That would be another case. There's no Tomas Leda for a guy. So then the baby, we get risk right away. Why do we have this idea? Shemar says in the Pasuk Yishak, it goes, it starts, the part just starts off talking about, talking about the Tomas Leda, and then it continues. So you give on the eighth day the birth Mila. So we connect the dinner of the eighth day to the mother becoming Tameh. The earlier generations, circumcision wasn't only around in the time the Torah was around already from, from the days of Avram. So what the days of Avram should prove otherwise? There was no Torah at that point. So there was no halacha of a, of a woman becoming tummy to childbirth. And yet, Hashem says there that um, that the bris milah is on the eighth day. So how could we say that the eighth day bris depends on the din of Tumas Leda if, if, if the din of the eighth day bris existed before there was at all a din of a, of a, of a Tumas Leda? So the answer is, you're right. Before the Torah was given, it wasn't linked. But in the Torah, once the Torah was given, it's Chach HaLacha. Then the, the law takes effect. And now the eight-day-old bris is only in a case of Tumas Leda. So it's a fascinating thing. Before the Torah is given... Right, the halacha would be any eight-day-old baby would get a bris never before, even in a case of a C-section. But once the Torah was given, and now the Torah links the eight-day-old bris to the scenario of Tomas Leda, so we say that only a type of baby that has Tomas Leda do we say that the bris is on the eighth day. Says the Gemara Kashan Ravazi, is this true? But was said, child born through a cesarean section or two forts cans, there's two forts on the top of each other. One says we we violate Shabbos to, to, for the circumcision. One says we do not. So there's a machlokas um, whether or not you're machalal the Shabbos, um, whether or not you're machalal the Shabbos for, for such a circumcision. So the Gemara now explains, we'll see what that machlokas is about. But it seems they're only arguing about whether you violate Shabbos. Everybody agrees that the bris is on the eighth day, meaning they're arguing whether or not. 
the bris is, is, is has a chil shabbos, but we know that that's for sure that only an eight day old bris is chil shabbos. Where? Because why? What's the source that bris is docha shabbos? Because it says uva yom hashmini mabris alas. So we darshin that uva yom is coming to say even on shabbos. So that's for sure that only an eight day old baby is docha shabbos. But if we have a machlokas, if a cesarean section is docha shabbos, clearly it sounds like everybody agrees it's taking place on the eighth day. Because if it's not taking place on the eighth day, then there shouldn't be any discussion about whether it's docha shabbos. According to Ravas. That a cesarean section baby would have a bris right away, so there shouldn't even have been a discussion of whether it's machal shabbos. So the Gemara says, no, habahatayo. Both laws are dependent on each other, meaning they're having machlokas if the baby is docha shabbos. They're also included in their machlokas. Is it on the eighth day? If it's on the eighth day, then it's certainly docha shabbos. If it's not on the eighth day, it's certainly not docha shabbos. That's the machlokas. So you're trying to say why they're arguing about shabbos. It must be everybody agrees it's the eight day old bris. Just that, just the opposite. That's exactly what they're arguing about. If it's an eight day old bris. It's a type of bris that docha shabbos. If it's not an ideal bris, it's not a type of bris, not a type of bris that is docha shabbos. So it comes out it's really a machlokas tanon. But Ravasi has what to has what to defend himself because there's a tanon who goes like him, someone who goes like him here. Says the market Let's talk about this further. That's really machlokas tanon. Again, the issue is a child does he have an eight day old bris when the mother's not telling to us later? Since the Torah and Parshas Tazria is writing it next to the laws of Tumah, maybe only. A baby whose mother has Tomas Leda, do we say it's on the eighth day? But if it's not on the eighth day, but if the mother doesn't Tomas Leda, maybe it's on the first day. So now the Gemara is going to talk about all the halacha of the Canaanite slaves. So Canaanite slaves is from Parsh Lacha, but a halacha that we have to give them all a bris milah. So anyone who's part of the Jewish home gets a bris milah. Now there's two terms in the Torah. There's a term of Yulid Bias and Miknas Kassif. Yulid Bias means that a child is born to, to a shifu, to a slave woman that is owned by a Jewish master. And then Miknas Kassif is the type of slave that you buy with money. You buy directly the slave, not born into your house, but you buy him. Now, both of those are owned but can be owned by the Jew, and the Allah is you're supposed to be tova them, and it's like a half a gerus. They become somewhat Jewish, they're under your under your jurisdiction, and you have to give them a brismila. But if you look at the psukim, sometimes it seems to in, in Pasha's Lachlacha, there seems to be like a contradiction. On the one hand, it sounds like that they're bris for these characters of Yulit Bias and Miknas Kassif, they're supposed to be on the eighth day, but then sometimes the Torah doesn't say it's on the eighth day. So the bride so elaborates, there's a type of slave who's born into the house, who's, who has the circumcision on his first day, there's a type of slave who's born in the house, Yulit Bias, but the bris is on the eighth day. There's also a case of the, the Miknas Kassif, the one bought with money who circumcised on the first day, there's a case of Miknas Kassif who circumcised on the eighth day. So now we explain. What's the the was purchased with money that sometimes it's on the first day and sometimes it's on the eighth day? How do we find such a thing? Somebody bought a pregnant slave, a slave woman. He buys her pregnant. And then she gives birth. So he's bought, if you think about it, both the mother and the kid because she was pregnant. So when he buys, when he buys her pregnant, that's a case of that it was purchased with money because he purchased the, the fetus and it's circumcised on the eighth day. It makes sense that it's circumcised on the eighth day because it's like a Jewish kid. It's like a Jewish kid in the sense that it was born already by your jurisdiction. Whereas in contrast, but if you buy a slave woman and her child that was already alive, then you give the kid a bris that gets a bris on the first day. And it makes sense. Logically, we should assume that the eight day old one is similar to the ones that are like other Jews. So, so it's more like the other Jews if, the, if the, the, the slave woman only gives birth after she was by you. So then you bought her pregnancy, you bought this fetus, but the, the fetus is only born when he's already in your jurisdiction. So that time, that Yilid bias is as a brismila on the eighth day. But if you just buy a mother and her son, so that son, then right away you would give him a, a brismila on day one that you buy. Okay. 
That's all for Mikna's castle. What's an example of a slave born into the house of Wizard Brisson? They say, simple. She becomes pregnant by you. That's like the most classic case whatsoever. That's like totally like Jewish thing. You have a slave woman. She's half Jewish now. She went on conversion. She gets pregnant. Now the kid's born in your, in your property. So then it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the Jewish kid who gets a birth on the eighth day. Okay. Now, we don't clarify, according to the Tanakhama, what is a case of Yulid Bayashin Yimul Echad. We will get back to that. But first, we interject, Rav Chama Amar, it depends. If she gave birth, remember, before, it was really important. You, she, when, when you buy a slave, a slave woman, she doesn't become fully like half Jewish and a convert, half convert as a slave until she goes to the mikvah. So let's say she gave birth before she had gone to the mikvah. So it turns out that at the time of her birth, she wasn't really the half, the, the, she was totally non-Jewish. She doesn't have the status of a Canaanite slave at that point. She hasn't done any conversion. So if she had given birth before she went to the mikvah, then her kids, she was born, it was born in the Jewish home. Right? He already owned the slave woman, te- technically he owned her, but she wasn't that Jewish yet because she hadn't converted. She hadn't converted at that point. So then when the kid comes out, it's not like a Jewish kid at all. So then we give him the bris milah right away. If she if she had gone to the mikvah and been that 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 slave that the status of an evid of a, of the half convert and then she gave birth, that's a case of someone born into the house that circumcised on the eighth day. Now, what's the, what's the real reason for this distinction? Is that basically, basically this is exactly what Ravasi said. We only give eight day old brisim to women who have tumas leda from the birth. So if she had gone to the mikvah before she gave birth, then it's very good. So she's going to have Tomas Leda. Since she's going to have Tomas Leda, now the baby has the, the bris on the eighth day. But if she's giving birth before she goes to the mikvah, so it turns out that at her birth she was a total non-Jew. So she doesn't have Tomas Leda. Then the baby is Nemo, Le'echad is Nemo right away. So this is exactly like Ravasi said, that a child of the mother is not Tomei by Tomas Leda, then the circumcision will be on the first day. However, that's only Rav Chama. But Tanakama, Lo Shanile, it doesn't make a difference. Whether, when, whenever you bought the, the slave woman and then she's giving birth later, whether it's before the Tfilah or afterwards, even in the later case where the mother is not going to have Tomas Leda because she's still a guy, the kid is still circumcised in the eighth day because he's born into the Jewish home against Ravasi. So Ravasi said is actually a machlokas between Rav Chama and the Tanakama. So now the Gemara just analyzes what's going on with all the cases. So Bishlam, other Rav Chama, it's good to according to Rav Chama, we can make all the cases make sense. Mishkach is like, Yilid Bayez Nimo Lechad, Yilid Bayez in the Shemona. We have a case of someone born in the house who gets a circumcision on the first day he's born, and Yilid Bayez who gets it on the eighth day that he's born. And Miknas Kassim, Yilid Lechad, Miknas Kassim, Yilid Shemona. And Miknas Kassim, the term for the slave that you buy, that sometimes it's on the first day and sometimes it's on the eighth day. So how do we explain? The cases are like this. Yol, if you have a slave woman that conceived after she'd already been married, and she it was in the mikvah, but she had already given birth before she went to the mikvah. So then, the kid gets the bris milah on the first day because there's no Tomas Leda. That's what we explained. Rav Chama holds like Ravas. Whereas it's Bilavach Yolda, if you put her in the mikvah first and then she gave birth, so she has Tomas Leda, so that's a Yolid Bayez. She goes, and then it's going to have a bris on the eighth day because there's Tomas Leda when he's born. That's for Yolid Bayez. Miknas Kasef Nimelishmona, the case of one person's money that has has the Brits in the eighth day. That would be a case where you buy a pregnant slave when you put her in the mikvah and then she gives birth. So she's pregnant. So the kid is therefore considered a, a Miknas Kasef. You bought the kid. And since she went to the mikvah before he gave birth, so she has Tomas Leitus when the kid comes out. 
she, he, he's the kid of a mother who's two months, months later from the birth, so therefore the 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 the, the, the bris mila will be on the eighth day. And miknas kasef nimol afla the case of a slave bought with money who's going to have circumcision on the first day. So you would think, by the way, it's very unclear. Why doesn't the Gemara have to say anything? Why don't you just say what we mentioned before? You buy a woman and her slave, right? You literally buy them together. The Gemara makes it a little bit more complicated, unnecessarily, Rashi points out. It's a case where the, the pregnant slave woman is bought by two different people. One person bought the woman, one person bought the fetus. So in this case, we say that when you buy the fetus, you do the bersmila right away on day one. Why is that? Because it's totally different than a regular naturally born Jewish child. A regular naturally born Jewish child, the father who has the mitzvah, he definitely has a connection to the woman, to the mother of this child, right? He may not be married to her, but Al-Khabanim, he's married, he, he's connected to her when they made the kid. So therefore, this case where, where you're becoming the owner of just the fetus and you're not becoming the owner of the, of the mother, when Reuven bought the fetus and Shimon bought the mother, so Reuven has absolutely no connection to the slave's mother, so then the bris is right away because we only say bris is on the eighth day when the father has some connection to the mother. That's a novelty that we're saying, or else it's totally incomparable to the naturally born Jewish child. Okay, so that's all coined to Rav everything makes sense. You could find all the same cases. How are you going to have a Yulid bias who's Nimalacha? The Tanakama, remember, holds that when you buy the slave woman and she, she wasn't pregnant, right? And then it doesn't make a difference whether or not you put her in the mikvah or not. You, she, that's a Yulid bias. So it's always going to be Nimalashmona. He doesn't agree to Rav Asi. He holds, even if she only went to the mikvah to the mikvah after she gave birth, but when she gave birth, it's still like a regular Jewish birth, even though there's no Tomas Leida, she's still Nemo Lishmona. That's what the Tanakhama held. So how do you ever have a case of a Yilid bias that's Nemo Le'achad? So the Gemara answers, I'm reviewing, the case is you didn't really buy the slave woman. You, brought her, you only bought her for the rights to the fetus. So since you don't even own the mother, so that's totally different than a natural born Jewish child where you have Akupanam, something to do with the mother. Here you have no shackles to the mother. She, you, you're not owning her. She's not, forget about whether she's becoming half Jewish. You're not owning her at all. So therefore, the slave child will be circumcised the first day. So the Gemara challenges, there's a general, there's a famous machlokas. What's the Iker usage, um, like ownership of something? The title ownership of the property itself or for its usage? So if you hold Kenya Paris, laugh, Kenya go if that I don't own something just because I have the right of usage. So then it's good. You don't own the mother just because you have the right to use her for a fetus. Even though you, you're buying the mother to use her for, to get the fetus, you don't own the mother. So therefore, when you get to the kid, the kid is totally... Since you don't have nothing to do with the mother, it's not like a regular Jewish kid. So therefore, the bris will be on the first day. But according to one who says that owning the right to use something is tantamount to owning the essence of itself. Mike, what are you going to say? So if you own the slave woman to, to use her for her kids, so you own the slave woman completely. It's viewed as an ownership of the slave woman. So it comes out that it should be like a similar to, a, to an ordinary Jewish child because here you do own the mother. So therefore, the bris should be on the eighth day. So what is the case if you live bias? who has bris milah on the first day, according to the Tanakhama. So, and again, Rav Kama is going to say the case is where she hadn't gone to the mikvah. Since there's no Tomas Leida, it's not Nimo Lashmona. But Tanakhama doesn't distinguish when she went to the mikvah. Tanakhama doesn't hold the Gravas. It doesn't matter where it's Tomas Leida. So if you own the mother, if Shaykh is the mother, so how are you ever going to have a Yilid bias as Nimo Lashmona? You bought the slave woman. You did. But you had a stipulation that was a Tanai that you're not going to immerse her in a mikvah. You're not going to convert her. Usually a person, when you buy, you're supposed to convert them. That's, the, that, that, that's, the, that's what you're supposed to do. Here, he bought her specifically on the stipulation that he's never going to make her into a convert of, of a Kanani slave. 
So then, and then she gave birth. So she's never going to become like a convert. So therefore, it's not like a Jewish kid. And now we give the bris milah on the eighth day. It's an interesting thing. If in the future you're going to give, be told the mother, like a regular case, then even if she hadn't gone to the mikvah, she's not told me to masleda, but still the bris is on the eighth day. It's like, it's, like, it's like the case of a Jewish born child where the bris is on the eighth day. But if you bought the mother specifically and al-das not to convert her, so she's never going to become that uh, like a Jewish mother at all, so then the child just gets um, just gets a bris milah, a bris milah right away. So in conclusion, we end up there. Ravasi's din is actually machlokas tanam. Ravasi's din is that the eight din of a day, eight day old bris is only for a child born from a tzaddik where the mother is Tomas Leda. But if it's let's say, if it's let's say, if it's let's say um, C section or the mother was not Jewish at the time, then the bris would not be on the eighth day.